0: If the Cardinals decide to make a deal with the Marlins, does it necessarily have to be Pablo Lopez? We look at some of the other options in the Miami rotation that the Cardinals could target instead of Mr. Lopez. On today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are locked on Cardinals. Your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there Cardinals fans. I'm JD Hafford and I'm a national radio sports anchor born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for locked on Cardinals, part of the locked on podcast network covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at JD sports radio. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to subscribe on iTunes, you can do it there. What about Spotify? available. Google Podcasts, we're there too. Also, if you haven't joined yet, YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. So our last episode, we discussed the rumors of the Cardinals engaging in preliminary talks with the Miami Marlins about starting pitcher Pablo Lopez. All right, we listed the pros, we listed the cons of what Lopez could bring to this rotation. Now his pros, he's young, he's in his prime, that's great. Under control for a couple of years, fantastic. Has shown elite strikeout potential. The cons, has had some arm injuries in uh, in his past. Uh, regressed a bit last season. It was also brought to my attention how much worse he is in the second half of the season in his career, which is a, a bit alarming when we, you know, we looked at these numbers. Uh, first half ERA in his career, 3.47. That's That's great. You like that. Second half, he's at almost five, 4.97, so that's not good. And the other question we had, is he really that much better than what you have already, and are you willing to trade a starting outfielder in return for somebody who's not that much better than guys you already have? And judging by the comments, it's a bit inconsistent on whether or not you would be willing to make a deal for Lopez. A lot of you appear to be nervous that the team will get burned again by the Marlins like they did in the Ozuna trade. And my advice on that is that you can't play scared, guys, okay? You can't play this game scared. Uh, Just because you fall down once doesn't mean you shouldn't get right back up and try again. So you lost a trade. It happens. It happens to a lot of teams, a lot more than it does to the Cardinals. And from what I'm gathering, more of you are willing to actually trade Dylan Carlson than either Tyler O'Neill or Lars Newbar. But it's but it's kind of split um, pretty evenly amongst them. I just saw more people like, eh, ship Carlson. We're done with them. Um, but it's understandable because all three of these guys, all three of the starting outfielders for the Cardinals have their good and bad qualities. So... I get it. I get it while you're torn. I'm torn too. There's not like one of them that I'm like, I got to get rid of this guy. You know, there's something about all three of these guys that I like, you know, I, I obviously have a soft spot for Tyler O'Neill. I think he's got elite talent in a number of different categories. Other than batting average, the guy is like a four-star, you know, a four-tool athlete playing baseball, you know? uh carlson still young offers you a lot of upside with the uh switch hitting capabilities his ability to play center field at an elite level very very young and then new new bar you're just not sure exactly what you have yet but the analytics say you should be a pretty darn good player um personally i'm not entirely sold on lopez yet though And, and i like to like pigeonhole the idea that you have to get lopez or you can't get anybody else okay I, i refuse to believe that i think he's a good pitcher not a great one and i think the team needs someone who's gonna be great and uh someone who has uh you know elite type of stuff to add to this rotation but who's to say you have to take lopez right if you make a deal with these marlins and i i realize he's the one that's being talked about the most but does it have to be Lopez? Because uh, in the article on MLB.com, it mentioned that the Marlins have made Jesus Lizardo, Trevor Rogers, and Edward Cabrera available as well. So let's look at these pictures, shall we, and judge for ourselves whether or not they offer su- something to the Cardinals that we'd rather have than just Pablo Lopez, okay? So we're going to put Pablo Lopez on the shelf. We know he's available, and the Cardinals could probably go get him if we needed to. So let's start with the other guys. Let's go ahead and begin with Jesus Lazardo. All right, a little background on Jesus, 25-year-old left-handed pitcher, born in Peru. His parents are Venezuelan, but he grew up in South Florida, came to the States when he was a year old. So it's not like he was an international signing or something like that, okay? He grew up in the States. Got drafted by the Nationals in the third round in 2016, tore his UCL in his elbow that year. So he's already gone under the knife once, Tommy John surgery. Gets traded by Washington to Oakland in 2017 for Sean Doolittle and Ryan Madsen, and ends up becoming one of the top left-handed pitching prospects in all of baseball. Works his way through A, A, AA, and AAA in 2018, which is no small feat. He goes 10 and 5 to 0.88 ERA. Strikeouts per nine, which is something we're starting to bring up more because we know the Cardinals are chasing after strikeout pitchers. Okay. They they've got the guys that can get the ground balls. Put the ball in play to this elite defense that the Cardinals are fielding, but they want guys who will miss bats, right? So we're going to bring that stat up a lot. But his strikeouts per nine, 10.6 back in uh, 2017. 2019, or so, I'm sorry, 2018. On to 2019 now. Looks good in spring training, but strains his rotator and then gets shut down until June. After a couple starts, he gets hurt again. He's got a lat strain. Comes up to the A's in September, makes six appearances in relief, and he, and he does well. 2020, you got your COVID year, three and two, four point one two ERA in 12 appearances, nine of those are starts, but we don't put a lot of stock into that 2020 season. 2021, he begins the in the A's rotation actually in 2021, but he struggles and he struggles mightily, five point seven nine ERA over six starts, then has to go on the DL in a way that I can completely understand. You're gonna love this story. So uh, apparently in 2021, Jesus Lazardo was playing video games and slammed his hand down <laughs> either in disgust or excitement. It never really pointed out. I can only assume it's in frustration because I don't slam anything when I'm doing well in my video games. It's only when I suck at them is when I get all frustrated. And I'm guessing it was something like Madden football or it was MLB at the show. Those are the ones that frustrate me the most. I don't really play the the you know shootem games all that much anymore it's usually just sports games and uh i never really got all that mad about those games but the sports ones specifically madden pretty frustrated with so he slams down his pitching hand and fractures his pinky right there on the throwing hand um i've never been injured getting mad at a video game <laughs> like that so but i understand the frustration i did once throw my controller through a window at my apartment once um what I tried to do is I was sitting on the main couch, love seats over there, and I tried to whip it into the couch because I don't want to break the controller. They're expensive. And, you know, it sailed a little high and it went off the top of the love scene whoosh, right through the through the glass window. Not my most mature moment, but, but it happened. But so I, I understand where Jesus got injured playing video games that way. Now, when he comes back, he's in the bullpen. He struggles uh, again. He continues to have some problems before the A's ship him to the Marlins around the trade deadline for outfielder Starling Marte, which is a very good player. Right, uh, his season doesn't get much better though. After he gets to Miami, he goes four and five in twelve starts, has an ERA of six point four four. Ugly for the year. He's six and nine, nice, but his ERA six point six one, not so nice. You don't like that. But then last year. He started to look more like the prospect that people thought he was going to be. Now he wasn't perfect by any means, don't get me wrong. He starts off two and one, three point one zero ERA. But then in May, he goes oh and two. Struggles over six again with the ERA. Goes on the IL forearm strain. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We know forearm strains usually uh lead to some sort of Tommy John surgery. Again, didn't happen this time around. He comes back in August, he goes one and three, but the ERA 2.97. And I tell you guys over and over. Don't put a lot of stock in the win-loss record. You know, you got to look at the numbers more than anything cuz he could pitch 9 innings and give up one run, but if his team doesn't score any runs, he loses, you know? So you're not going to say, "Oh, well, he stunk cuz he lost that game." No, he pitched really well. Um, moving on to September October, he's 1 and 1 but the ERA again 3.09, very respectable. Finishes the year 4 and 7, 3.32 ERA. Strikeouts per 9 though, key stat told you we're going to pay attention to this 10.8 that's elite level stuff and that's great but again injury concerns remain he seems to have some issues and i've noticed a lot of these pitchers that we talk about uh the young guys they've all dealt with uh, an injury or two in their past and i guess that's just kind of what we have to get used to you know the the Man pitchers uh, of back in the day are no more there's going to be moments in the season where they get shut down for 15 days sometimes these guys are missing a month you know it just seems to be happening um you know the, the more these guys throw harder and harder and harder coming up through the systems uh the injuries can tend to mount continue to mount up so he's got injury concerns but Seem to kind of right his ship, and again, still 25. Now, up next, we're going to talk about another lefty who was once a top prospect and also a right-hander who has been compared to Luis Castillo, who the Cardinals have seen a lot over the years from his time with the Reds. So we'll talk about these guys next on Locked on Cardinals. Uh, BetOnline.net. Have you guys been there yet? You should have been there at least a dozen times by now. They're the number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, pro football, college, pro basketball, uh, hockey. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. We know we've got the uh, divisional round of the NFL playoffs coming up this weekend. Uh, The Chiefs are favored at home over Jacksonville. The Eagles favored at home against the Giants. That's one that I'm kind of like, is that going to be the upset game this week? Is it going to be Giants over the Eagles? You know, Jalen Hurts coming back from the shoulder injury. Eagles are a very good team, though. So, uh, but, you know, it's that NFC East thing. Uh, the Bills favored at home against the Bengals. That should be an outstanding game uh, in the AFC. And then the 49ers at home uh, against the Cowboys and their favorite as well. Cowboys look pretty darn good in Tampa Bay. Are they going to go on a run here? Can they knock off Brock Purdy and the 49ers? We'll find out. Uh, you can put money on this. There's always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info at betonline.net. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. Once again, I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every single day. Be sure to check out Locked on MLB Prospects as well. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow, including our St. Louis Cardinals, all of the young up-and-comers that we've talked about on this show, Gordon Graceffo, Mason Wynn, Jordan Walker. He has knowledge on all of them. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts, so check them out. All right, Trevor Rogers is another uh, 25-year-old left-hander, but he's been rated at a top prospect ever since he came out of high school. Okay? He's got a pedigree of being top-notch. Taken 13th overall in the 2017 draft. Uh, if you're wondering, the Cardinals did not have a pick until the third round that year because of the Houston Astros hacking scandal. Shame, shame uh he struggles in a ball his first year but in 2019 he goes six and ten the era 2.90 9.9 strikeouts per nine at a and double a 2020 for covid he's on the marlins but he goes one and two era 6.11 blah 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 covid stuff but i will point out this uh strikeouts per nine during the covid year at the major league level 12.5 per nine innings you like to see that but then in 2021 He's even better, right? NL Rookie uh, Pitcher of the Month in April and May gets named to the All Star team that year. He finishes seven and eight, two point six four ERA, ten point six strikeouts per nine. He finishes second in the NL Rookie of the Year voting to the Reds, Jonathan India. So coming into twenty twenty two, this past season, expectations were pretty darn high for Trevor Rogers, and things did not go well. And it, it, right out of the gate, he had issues. One in three. ERA over five in the first month goes one and two ERA over five again in May, one and one ERA over seven in June, one and four ERA over five again in July. Then he goes on the injured list with back spasms, rehabs in August, comes back to the team at the end of the month, makes four more starts on the season and uh, pitches better before suffering a lat strain, get shut down for the year. So not good, right? Rogers made changes. Um, about throwing his four seam fastball in 2022. Uh, he used to toss it 47.7% of the time in 2021, brought it down a bit to 52.7%. The reason being is because opponents were teeing off on him. His batting average on that fastball went from 222 in, two, in 2021 to 312 in 2022. And his strikeouts were down a lot, almost in half, 99 to 54. It goes down too. uh, he's still hitting 95 as an average on the fastball, but whether it was, you know, location, you know, placement of where he was putting the fastball, whether there was less movement, uh, maybe he was tipping his pitches. We know that's a thing. He just was far less effective last season. I want to pull something up here, uh, for the YouTube guys here is Trevor Rogers analytics from last year from baseball savant. That is not exactly what you want to see. Okay. As you can tell, blue is bad, considered poor, and then you've got your average, and then the the red is considered, you know, great. And there's a lot of blue right there, very little pink and very little red, which when you hear those numbers from last year with his ERA and his strikeouts going down and all that, it's to be expected that his analytics were going to look kind of ugly, so not a good season. What I can say about Trevor Rogers, though, is clearly the talent is there. He's 6'5". He's left-handed. He's been a top guy. Everywhere he's gone. Everywhere he's gone. He's already shown it at the major league level that he can be very, very good. Sophomore slump, maybe. Um, I'm not going to define this guy by one bad year. Okay, that's I'm not going to say that's the guy you're going to see the rest of the way moving forward. I would imagine he would improve because he's been good everywhere he's been. So maybe if I'm the Cardinals, this is an opportunity to snag him from Miami while his stock is down a little bit. Plus, he's also under control for the next four years. Okay, so that's a good thing. That's something the Cardinals always look into as well. They don't want to trade for a guy and then, you know, he's allowed to leave. Pablo Lopez, under control for two more years, okay? Four years for Trevor Rogers. so you like that. Um, Speaking of liking stuff, up next, we're going to talk about a right-handed fireballer who's been compared to none other than another former Marlins farmhand. His name was Luis Castillo, who's had a pretty darn good career so far. So we're going to talk about this gentleman next on Locked on Cardinals. Edward Cabrera is the guy I want to talk about next. He's my next target on the list here, and for good reason, because the dude is filthy. His fastball average is 96. That's an average, but he can top out 99. Um, change up? This is the goofy part, okay? So fastball average, 96, right? What do you guys think is change up averages? Usually a change up's, you know, you know way down there, right? How about 93? That's his change up, 93 on average apparently he topped out at 96 throwing a change up this past year uh which is uh, i guess like a big deal it's like the highest anybody's ever thrown a change up uh he also has a curve slider and sinker which comes in at 96. he's 24 will turn 25 in april and was signed as an international free agent from the dominican back in 2015. so 2016 through 2018 he's in the minor leagues and you know he's still figuring things out a bit so not a ton of immediate success but nothing alarming where he's got like eras of eight nine or something ridiculous but also remember at this time he's age 18 19 and 20 okay he's still developing not only as a pitcher but as a human you know he's growing into his body uh as he gets older so 2019 things start clicking For Mr. Cabrera, it stops at double-A and at A ball. He goes nine and four with an ERA of 2.23. Strikeouts per nine is 10.8. His whip is under one. All right, that's that's fantastic. 2020, he doesn't pitch. Gets wiped out by COVID. 2021, he plays at all three levels of the minor leagues. He goes three and four with a 2.93 ERA. Strikeouts per nine, 13.5, which is nuts for a starting pitcher. Gets called up in August, and although he showed the swing and miss stuff, he does struggle. He goes 0-3 ERA, 5.81, but, you know, he's a rookie. He's just figuring things out, so I'm not going to, you know, bash on him because he had a bad rookie showing at the end of the year. 2022 comes in. He's got some visa issues before he gets to camp, so it takes him a little while to get there. And then he gets to ease in during uh, spring training. Because of that, the extended lockout went down, not permitting him a typical offseason plan. So Cabrera begins the season on the minor league injured list because he's got a biceps issue. All right. He wasn't able to train the proper way and biceps issue. Not good. Uh, The second time that he's actually dealt with that particular injury. He also had that in uh, spring of 2021 when he was diagnosed with an inflamed nerve that kept him out until June 6th. So Cabrera also missed time this year from June 13th through August the 5th due to right elbow tendinitis. As far as I can tell in any research I've done, he's never had any surgeries or anything, but he's had a couple of injuries there to the arm. Despite this, he still set career highs last season for starts with 23 and innings at 110 and two thirds between the majors and the minors in 2022. 110 and two thirds, not a lot, right? But, you know, again, he's growing into things and he's missing time due to some of these injuries. So, um but he hasn't shown yet that he can get through a full season. Now, in the minors last year, he goes two and two with a 2.79 ERA, nine starts, strikeouts per nine at 12.6. Then with the Marlins, he makes 14 starts, goes six and four, ERA 3.01, strikeouts per nine at 9.4. Everything about that is great. Uh, he ends up tweaking his ankle uh, in his last start of the season and uh, ends up, you know, not finishing the year because of that, but it was at the very end of the year. So nothing too uh, concerning there, but what changed for him from uh, 2021 to 2022 at the major league level was the changeup that became his go-to pitch and it was devastating after you know he got clobbered in 2021 with it. According to fishstripes.com, which was a, a really fun uh, website to go to uh, looking at Marlins stuff, he is, quote, a remarkable 21% of Cabrera's total pitches in 2022 were change-ups out of the zone. He threw 263 of them, resulting in only three total hits, all of them driven into the ground with a 73 <laughs> batting average against, a 40% whiff rate, and a 25.4% K rate, on change-ups out of the zone. Now, a guy that has a very good change-up at the major league level and has been very successful, and I mentioned it earlier, Luis Castillo, who the Marlins had traded him to the Cincinnati Reds. We know Castillo had a lot of success there. Got traded to the Mariners this past year and has signed for a big contract with them. Good guy to be compared to, right? I mean, I, I you would take a Luis Castillo on this uh, on the staff. I like this guy a lot. I really do. But so do the Marlins for obvious reasons, which makes it surprising to me that they would actually even make him available if the reports are true that say he is. Now, I did see an article that mentioned that John Heyman reported that the Rockies and Marlins were discussing a deal at one time about a month ago that involved Cabrera and Brendan Rodgers. So I, I guess there's some truth to his availability. I just I, I find it shocking that someone that young with that much potential would be on the trading block. But the Marlins won hitters. Uh, I was talking to Peter Pratt at Locked on Marlins, and uh, his feeling is that the team would likely want to hold on to Jesus Lazardo and Cabrera. They'd want to hang on to him. Now, I didn't get a chance. Did I show you Cabrera's? Here's Cabrera's uh, analytics, by the way. Look at all that red. That's sexy. That is sexy. That's what you like to see. Okay. And if we go over to Jesus Lazardo's here, it's this kind of mid. You know, he's got some good stuff, he's got some bad stuff. And then we showed you the Trevor Rogers one where it was a whole lot of blue. So, you know, you're you're looking at these guys, and they've all got potential in their own way, and they both had different levels of success this last season. Um, so if the if the Marlins want to hang on to Lazardo and Cabrera then obviously that makes Lopez and Rodgers the guys that they'd actively want to move. And this is, you know, like I said, Peter was telling me about this. He thinks that they'd command similar value in return for uh, Lopez and Rodgers. And said maybe even more for Rodgers because of the extra team control. You know, he's got more years that you'd be able to hang on to him before he hits any sort of free agency. Uh, Position-wise, he said the team needs outfielders, particularly center field and a third baseman. And he calls those... Two positions, huge holes on the team. And he says they're going to need a first baseman soon as well. So going by those needs, you've got the three main starting outfielders. You've got Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, Lars Neupar, which we discussed last episode. If you want to go back and watch that one as we went more in-depth on them, you can do that. But when I see you need a third baseman and a first baseman, the first guy I think of when it comes to the Cardinals is Juan Yepes, who you know has played both corner positions on the infield. He can also play both corner outfields. Spots, but definitely not a center fielder by any means. Uh, I went to baseballtradevalues.com and I'll be honest, I was a bit surprised at the trade values for the Marlins pitchers, but more specifically, Cabrera's trade value on that website. Baseballtradevalues.com If you haven't gone there yet, it's a fun little place that you can go back and forth and make trades and people can vote on it. And usually they bash you. Nobody likes any of the trades that you put up there. At least none of mine. Most people hated them. Uh, but anyway, uh, just to give you reference here. So on that website, Sandy Alcantara, uh, his baseball trade value is 144, which is bonkers. And that stings a little bit knowing he was a Cardinal at one time. Then you've got Lopez at 38.8 Rogers at 36.5 Lazardo with 28 and Cabrera at just 14.8, just 14.8. Like I'm shocked by that. I don't know why Cabrera's is so low. He's young. He's talented. He's cheap. He's under control until 2028. I don't get it. Maybe it's the unproven at the major league level portion that holds him back. I don't know. I don't know how they figure it out, but that's where they've got him at. So on the Cardinals side, Dylan Carlson valued at forty nine point nine, Newt Bar at thirty nine point eight, O'Neill at thirty one point two. So if you use their values, a trade would be quite easy between the two clubs if the Cardinals were willing to swap one of those starting outfielders. Right now, as far as getting Cabrera, there are a million combinations you can come up with to come up with you know his trade value at fourteen. What was it fourteen point eight? Is that what he was at? Yeah. There's a ton of things that you can do to, to, to figure that one out. But, um, and it doesn't involve any of those starting three, because obviously their values are way above what Cabrera is. So instead you could go like a Juan Yepes and an Alec Burleson plus a prospect for Cabrera. And then you come into the season, you make Jordan Walker, your DH slash fourth outfielder. That's one way to go about it. Now, neither of those guys are center fielders. So that could be an issue for the Marlins, but just going off trade values, that would equal out. So you have to make a decision on which guys you think are, are worth it. Now you've seen everything we said about Pablo Lopez in the last episode, and now you've seen what Trevor Rogers, Jesus Lizardo, and Edward Cabrera bring to the table as well. Which pitcher do you think the Cardinals should go after out of those four? Leave your comments in the comment section below on YouTube and let me know. Obviously, you can hit us up on Twitter with any responses to this as well. But the compatibility between what the Cardinals have depth at, which is outfield and hitters, and what the Marlins have depth at, which is starting rotation pitching, and big upside for these guys, it matches up nicely. So we'll see if these two teams can come to an agreement at some point. But um, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Because, again, I, I continue to say that i feel like the cardinals are kind of content going into spring training with what they have but if they can pull one of these guys away from the marlins it could be because they're all 24 25 except for lopez who's like 27 i mean he's not old so it would be you know quite an upgrade to a staff that only has you know two guys ready to go for next season under contract steven Matz, dakota hudson And you're not going into the season with just those two as your top pitchers. you got to go find some other ones. And if you can get younger at the same time, uh, you're shedding the uh, salary of Adam Wainwright. We've talked about maybe they extend guys like Michaelis and Montgomery. I don't know when they'll start talking about that. Maybe spring training. That's been the rumors. But it wouldn't hurt to get one of these young fireballers in there as well. So I don't know. Let me know what you think. We'll see what what they can come up with. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen. Locked on MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB Stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Last check, by the way, we were just three subscribers away from 4,000 on YouTube, which is crazy considering where we were just a few months ago. You guys are awesome and I appreciate each and every one of you who have subscribed to the the podcast there on YouTube. Uh, If you watch regularly and you haven't subscribed yet, do me a favor, hit the subscription button down there, hit the notification button. Um, Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. We're going to get by 4,000 on this episode. It's going to happen. I'm excited about it. You guys are the best fans of baseball for a reason. I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.